Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everyone, the third issue of the WrestleTalk magazine is now available. Head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. We've got a great issue this month featuring our reviews of the Royal Rumble, Wrestle Kingdom 10 and Raw 25, including the WrestleTalk crew counting down their top 25 moments of Raw history. So head over to WrestleTalk.BigCartel.com for more information. Support WrestleTalk! Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Yes, I finally have an email address for this company I've been with for nearly a year. God, it is nearly a year. Mm. Well, you I started in March, like we started making videos together, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until July, was it? Yeah, but July I, was when I officially joined. Yeah, when yeah. The, the, the wonderful Patreon people made that possible. I certainly did. By reaching a certain goal we had. Yep. And... And live now, this life. I get to live this dream. And now I'm here. Mm. And this is my job now. Um, but yeah, uh, I now have an email address, which is luke at wrestletalk.com. So if you have questions you would like us to answer, possibly in the podcast intro and outro, why don't you send me them? Send me, Just send me stuff. Not like, you know, rude stuff. Not like lewd stuff. What about Bobby Rude stuff? Maybe bo- Bobby Rude what stuff? What about Rick, Rick Rude, Rude stuff? stuff. I'm, I'm all over that. Mm. But um, yeah, if you, if you just... What about Rowdy stuff? Like Ra- like Ronda Rousey? Or, or, yeah, Roddy Piper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that as well. If anyone wants to just send me pictures of Bobby Rude or Rick Rude, then that's fine. It's look at WrestleTalk.com. I hope people do that. <laughs> Your mailbox, which hasn't had any emails sent to it yet. And my wife sent me an email. Ah. Yeah. And I guess you got the gmail welcome to the the family yeah here's how to set it up like, thing they send you three emails which yeah. i think is a trite unnecessary it's a bit much uh but now you're just going to be inundated with bob pictures of bobby rude and any questions you might want us any topics you might want us to discuss in the intro and outro maybe you want to hear less about spoons and more about some other kind of eating oh, who would want such a thing I forgot to talk about spoons in the last episode, which was the Elimination Chamber review. But don't worry, because today's spoon is a Demi-Tea spoon. 
diminutive, smaller than a coffee spoon, for traditional coffee drinks in, spe- in speciality cups for spooning cappuccino froth. Oh, so I know what this spoon is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We are, we're about, I would say, a quarter of the way through all the spoons. I'm not sure we're that far in. I thought, I'd say a fifth, maybe. Mm, so many more spoons to come. Absolutely. Um, crap gimmicks is another thing you can send to Luke. Yes, crap gimmicks. Also send those across to me, because we eventually will get back into to doing those at some point. I forgot they existed. I know, well, we've been so busy, because yeah. there's been, like, news and stuff, and we've got questions that we need to answer. And now, because the mailbag is open to everyone, like this coming Friday, bumper mailbag special, mm. because we've got a lot of mailbag questions that need to be answered. So many topics. So many hot beds of hot topics hot topics um we need hot topics because it's so cold at the moment yes we're gonna put all the topics over us like a blanket and just debate debate under those topics (laughs) my wife went to work today with a hot water bottle under her coat that's ridiculous that's what i said well, so, I, didn't, I didn't really. I said it was very smart. I was uh, I was woken up very nicely by my lady partner today. It's not sexy. Don't don't Sound, give me that look. Sounds it. Uh, so of course, I wake up quite early to watch SmackDown from the night before. She wakes up embarrassingly late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this morning I wake up and she was like, she was awake. She was just like awake like that. She was asleep, but as soon as she realised I was awake, boom, she was up. Hmm. She was like. Uh, no, 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 stay there, stay there, close your eyes. And I was like, okay, it's like quarter past six, this is weird. No idea what's happening, close my eyes. And she's rummaging around, she's like, keep it closed, keep it closed. And then uh, she's like, now open them. And I open my eyes, and uh, I've got a bag of popcorn in one hand. Yeah. And a bag of, like, peanut butter, chocolate, munchable sweets in Ooh, the other, which lovely. look delicious. And... Uh, I'm kind of taken aback, and I think, but I, I sweet breakfasts are not my thing. I like ridiculously savoury, bean and egg based breakfasts. Mm. But these look nice. And then I see the card, uh, thirty days till you're thirty. Wow! Today is my happy twenty nine and eleven month birthday. Wow! Is it really yeah, thirty I months? Didn't even, I didn't know until this morning, but uh, my my lovely lady partner did. Does this mean you're getting a card now every day until then? I'm pr- I'm going to be disappointed if that's not the case. Yeah. But on the card, it wasn't like a card card. It was a token. I can watch with her mm-hmm. any film. Wow. Oh, this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what's great about this? This is great for for multiple reasons. Obviously, ready to rumble. <laughs> It's going to be ready. No holds barred. That's where you want to go. Oh, Definitely no holds barred. Well, I'm sure the Swaft Nation have loads of suggestions that you can send to Luke <laughs> because my email address is fine. Do not send. But, I, you know, it's not easy. It's not hard to figure out what my one is. <laughs> Ollie's address. Ollie's email address is just for business. Business, only. business, business. And um, no, I was going to say it's great because I'm. I need to think of things to get for my wife because her thirtieth right. birthday is coming up, uh, roughly around the same time. Mm. So I need to get. I need to start prepping. But I didn't know you could get this thirty before thirty card thing. Well, oh, she uh, made the. I you know. Oh, it's, I don't know if it's a it. thing. I think it's just a nice. Oh, she's very good. Yeah, she's nice. But she didn't that. text me in advance to say like, "Hey, I've just come up with this brilliant idea. Mm. Do you think you might want to do it for for your wife as well?" You're gonna coordinate. You need to coordinate more. You need a little yeah, WhatsApp. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we should, actually, that's a bloody good idea. Maybe that's what we, that's what we'll do. We'll send yeah. a little WhatsApp yeah. group. Um. So yeah, if you, any any movie suggestions, 
They could be nice romantic movies, movies that I will enjoy more. So things that uh, my lady partner doesn't enjoy, anything to do with history. Mm. But I, you know, I love history. So any good history movies, stuff that's mainly uh, dominated by male white characters <laughs> because she finds it harder to get into. Me, I'm fine. That's what I relate to. Represented. <laughs> I like being really overly represented in cinema. <laughs> I watched The Post last night. Yeah. I loved the heckins out of it because, and I, I said at the end, like, you could shave off the 15% of schmaltz in that movie. And the schmaltz is just like the worst Spielbergian. Uh, but man, I can watch people sift through papers in someone's front room in suits. Yeah. Just for the rest rest of the evening. Business, business. Business, business. business. <laughs> no, no. Reporting, reporting, reporting. <laughs> it's great. Loved it. Tom Hanks is... What more needs to be said? So do you think that it is going to be a better film than Ready Player One? Yes. Well, I don't know. I don't really know where I fall with Ready Player One mm. because I'm not. It seems too sickly sweet with the nostalgia. You've read the book. I, I've, I don't have. know. I don't know much about I've it. I've read the book multiple times. Yeah. Uh, the book is, you know, it's it's a reference a minute. It's uh, mm. it's like a like a Joss Whedon movie where it's a joke a minute. Every every scene has to end with a punchline. Every scene in that book has to end with a reference, mm. or every sentence has to end with a reference. Um, but I really enjoyed the story, and I'm looking forward to seeing it up on the big screen. Um, I was, my friend was telling me about an interview that he read with Spielberg, where they asked, like, how did you manage to get all of these licenses? Like, the, you know, this this is stuff that is across all multiple studios. There must be loads of legalities <laughs> that need to be gone through. And he says, like, everyone just wants to work with Spielberg. Oh, I just thought he was going to say, because I directed or produced every single one. Well, he said in an interview, like, Prior to sign, when he signed on, he said that the first thing he did was go through Ernie Klein's script. Because Ernie Klein also wrote the script for the for the, you know his own adaptation. He took out all the references to his own movies mm. because he thought that would be too self indulgent. Um, but he kept in the DeLorean because that's quite key to uh, to the character. Cool. Well, but, I'm looking forward to the trailer. Does not entice me. Have you seen the later trailers? Yes, oh. and they do get better, but still, it's not it's not really hitting me. But I'm willing to be. Uh, enticed and I haven't watched the final trailer but apparently that's the best one oh, okay but I you know me I try to watch yeah. like one or two trailers and then I'm done but this is a wrestling podcast a podcast for wrestling people so let's uh do some iTunes reviews and crack right on with an hour and 20 minutes of wrestling chat from panda underscore os best content for all things wrestling hmm it sounds like we paid for that <laughs> you know, that is not written best content for yeah, all things, things wrestling. wrestling or it was a pitch that we have sent to a potential sponsor yeah, yeah. we are the best content for all things wrestling work with us <laughs> always always superb discussion on the state of wrestling today and where it will be I'm so glad there's a talk show about wrestling that's more than d- the WWE well thank you Panda I OS. hope you enjoy this Raw and Smackdown <laughs> episode uh, Fox DeVille writes six and a half st- well Six and a half podcast. I assume they meant to put star after. Yeah, six I was going to say, isn't it weird that that's how our minds work now? That when we just see the the numbers six and a half, instantly we are like stars. Yeah, it could have been out of ten. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Although if it was, would he, well, I suppose it would still give us five stars. But you'd have mm. surely you'd have aggregated it and yeah, given us three yeah. stars. If I could rate this podcast a six point five, I would. But the stars can only go so high. Come on, 
let's rewrite the star system. Yeah. Let's make it a 50 out of 50. These guys are great, and their ramblings are one for the ages. Thank you, Fox DeVille. Thank you, Fox DeVille. Let's get on with the show. Uh, it's that Throughout the whole night, it's billed this confrontation between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Brock, you know, Brock Lesnar's going to be there. He's advertised for the show in advance, which is a pretty slimy promoter tactic for people who have paid to see Brock Lesnar in Las Vegas. Uh, if if certain reasons for this not happening turn out to be true. But Roman Reigns comes out and he says, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Brock Lesnar has no showed today's event. We don't know if that's real, like if that's real or WWE have done that as part of a storyline. In which case, you advertise the guy who you knew wasn't going to be there as part of a storyline and he's one of the main draws. So that's that's a little bit slimy. That's bad promoter tactics in my book. You lied. Uh, but it did create a very engaging story. Roman Reigns went on to quite obviously say a script, but he said the script very well, and in that he was trying to make it seem like this was off the cuff, that he was going against the plan, that this was a shoot, but it was not a shoot. It was a worked shoot, brother. Which means... You're saying things that are true, shoot, but it's been approved, and it's everyone's signed off on it. It's a worksheet. Just make sure you don't work yourself into a work or shoot yourself into a shoot. That's the worst brother. thing, brother. <laughs> uh, much, much love, HH. I love the wrestling business sometimes when it gets so petty and weird <laughs> and carny like this. And, you know, you've got the thing of you, the guy who didn't show up is someone you advertise as well. It's just... Well, on I that, like it. On that, mate, uh, card card subject to change, brother. Yes, like, brother. We can always advertise these things, but sometimes like the card is subject to change. The crowd, the crowd shot themselves into a work, <laughs> brother, <laughs> brother. So, I loved this segment, mm. and I I thought about this promo like after the fact. It was the one thing that really stuck with me from the show as I was coming into the studio, and I was like, not this. You know what oh, I'm doing? Uh, is that? That is Kurt Angle getting sucker punched by Triple H. I was going to say, it, that image of Kurt Angle being punched is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's brilliant. It's like a perfect capture. Within 24 hours, Kurt Angle has become one of the most chore-like aspects of WWE. To one of my favourite things. It is, like, that photo is literally record scratch freeze frame. You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> it's <laughs> Let me just take you back a couple of quick. <laughs> oh man! Um, but it, it's so I, I just thinking about this promo because this promo was so good because I I agree with you that it, it's just I'm doing this whole film in my head now that starts with that and it goes back to Kurt Angle at college fooling around with Jason Jordan's mum, <laughs> winning the winning the gold and then you know yeah. Stephanie yeah absolutely. that's probably the reason isn't it. <laughs> It's all that 2000 stuff is finally paying off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you, you are right. Like, if they advertise Brock Lesnar for this show, and then I, I, for my money, I think Lesnar was at the show. Mm. I think he was backstage. Oh, well, reports say he wasn't. And the more, uh, the more confusing thing, or the more, more significant thing, is that's not uncommon. But for Paul Heyman not to be there either yeah. is strange. Okay, so here's my, my thoughts on this. <clears throat> If he's not there, it's even better. I wouldn't have Brock appear on Raw until Mania. 
I would oh. continue to advertise him for mm. shows and then not actually have him appear on those shows and just have Roman Reigns keep coming out and saying like hey this guy's once again not showed mm. and like and build because it was it, it it worked for Roman it like people were booing the fact that Brock wasn't there but cheering the fact that Roman was there if you want to build Roman up as the babyface that people want to see like I would even I, I said this yesterday on Twitter I would even say things like reveal that he's been dealing with UFC announce that he's going well, to they, go they mentioned UFC didn't they yeah and talk about like just go into massive details about that get that Wrestlemania tw- Wrestlemania 20 heat on him mm. like basically admit that he's leaving and so that way, the crowd might actually boo him at WrestleMania, 20, uh, WrestleMania 34 because he's the guy that's leaving, and you want to see Roman Reigns beat the guy that's leaving, so you can take the, so you can get the title back. Yes, that that is. I mean, that is. It definitely worked this week because yeah. the crowd cheered him, and I got I got on board with Roman. So and on board. I, I was as dejected as anyone else was following the Elimination Chamber result. I was same old, same old. Here we go, Reigns versus Lesnar. I don't really care. And I didn't care for the whole night when they were promoting this face-off. But when it actually happened, it delivered. It made me want to see a match. That's what wrestling promo should do. Now, the one thing I would say to your point Mm -hmm. is, does that not make the WrestleMania main event predictable? If you build it all around Brock's... I, I know, I know, I know. But if you're saying Brock's going to leave, then that's almost... Like, we know in our little bubble... But the vast majority of wrestling fans who don't watch this sort of stuff on YouTube, they probably don't know that they can feel the result, but they don't know it for certain. So if you start saying outwardly on Raw, Brock's going to leave, then that's uh, the, the, the way you could do it is is build Brock up in a CM Punk heel kind of way. Well, that's I'm going to leave with the belt. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is mm. The alternative is like people weren't sure if, if Punk was going to win at Money in the Bank 2011 because he was leaving. But that turned him into a super baby face. But they were to- telling a different story there because his story yeah. was, I'm going to take this belt to, to Ring of Honor. I'm going to take it to New Japan. And wrestling fans are like, oh my God, that sounds absolutely amazing. I want to see this mm. storyline. Whereas Bro- uh, Brock's thing is just like, I'm just going to throw this belt in the trash. I, I don't want it. I think you're... I think so. I think you've got CM Punk's appeal completely wrong. That was definitely a part of it. But for me, and I think the vast majority of fans watching that angle, it wasn't CM Punk going to all these other companies and taking the belt round there. It was CM Punk screwing over WWE. Because yeah, WWE is the heel here. Yeah, but that's, I think those two are intrinsically linked. Um, no, I think I want to see Punk hit WWE more than I want to see Punk hit for Ring of Honor, you know? Yeah, but I, I, again, I think those two are very much linked. Like, I, you're, linked. you're right. That, like, I mean, part of the appeal is that Punk screwed over, like, is trying to screw over WWE by taking their title and defending it elsewhere. Like, those two are very he, much But he doesn't together. even have to defend it elsewhere. I wasn't really... I was interested in that, but the real crux of the emotion was from... Okay. Especially with how much I disliked WWE management at the time. Yeah. After the Nexus. I... Pepperidge <laughs> Farm remembers. But, um, I... Yeah, I think if you have Roman... Or, like, or Brock just doing these interviews, doing these outside interviews. Like, don't even do it with mm. WWE.com. Do it with ESPN. Like ESPN or something like that, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going back to UFC. We're going to arrange these fights, and I'm going to be taking. I'm not really bothered about this title. I'm just going to throw it in the trash once I beat Roman at WrestleMania, and and try and play him up as like this anti WWE guy, this guy who's just like, I think wrestling is is stupid. And even then, when you actually come around to booking the match. 
Brock the, the the Brock Lesnar that we sort of saw when he came back in 2013. This Brock Lesnar that was mm. like, this don't bother throwing this wrestling nonsense on me because this is all fake and phony and I'm a legit fighter. Do that, but then have Roman completely like so. Rocks in on the whole thing and then starts selling for Roman like an absolute beast. Wrestle it like a shoot fight, yeah. like that John Cena Extreme Rules. Uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Yeah, do that. But like, where like, uh, yeah, you think that the SummerSlam one? No, that's the first match. Was the back Extreme was Rules? Extreme Rules. Yeah, I thought you meant the uh, Cena Suplex City. Suplex was uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam yeah. yeah, but it wasn't the debut of um, Suplex City Bitch, which was uh, WrestleMania 31. Huh. So oh, really, it's yeah, that long. We're nearing the four-year anniversary oh, of it. It flies by. <laughs> I I think this is this is good. This is a good way to package everyone. I just it I can't see WWE and UFC kind of cross promoting each other because either either one either Brock's leaving and he goes to UFC, in which case WWE has built up Brock Lesnar's return to the UFC mm-hmm. on their main show of the year for a month, or Brock Lesnar doesn't go to UFC and UFC are like what what yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah is yeah. that cool is that legal well, i was gonna say like there are there are plenty of like cogs in my fantasy booking warfare mm. scenario there are many plates that need to be spun and many cogs within a machine that probably couldn't actually happen in real life but like from a, a fan perspective yeah. and like in my my wildest dreams i'm just like this would be a really great storyline because this helps get roman over as a baby face as the guy who is who's fighting for this company and is fighting mm. for wrestling fans not fans of of mixed martial arts and things like that. Like, they've tried everything else with Roman. We've tried to make him a super babyface. That didn't work. We've tried making him the hero of America. That sort of worked for a bit. Now, like, let's let's have him as the guy of the people. Like, it could work. I, I, I'm there with you, and I was trying to imagine it in my head, and I was like, you know, Roman comes out for WrestleMania. But then I heard Michael Cole defending WWE you know he's threatening to take our championship and just turn, like they did you know how everyone him. went against Punk yeah you turn against like, him then shut, shut up, up Jerry Lawler <laughs> it's the big dog ah shut up Michael Cole yeah. I don't want to see him now bro just yeah screw him off Brock. <laughs> uh, so the actual that so that's what could happen or you know in the future but the actual promo itself props to Roman because this was a very fiery intense promo I thought he did it very... It was one of his best promos he's ever done. I was going to say this and his last promo he cut on Cena before their match at No Mercy last year, mm. which was the show where Cena wasn't there. Yeah. And it was the promo where he's, he played Cena cutting that promo on Rock, where Rock wasn't mm. there. And he mimicked everything that Cena did in that promo. And he even did like the, the flicking of the mic. It was so awesome. And it made Roman look like such a badass. And uh, much better than the weeks previous where John Cena made him look like a complete doofus so like those two promos is when Roman is doing these shoot these work shoot promos is when he's at his best and showing that fire and being a badass it's like this clearly is the way to if you're not going to turn Roman heel this is clearly the way you need to present him why haven't you done this on a consistent basis for the last three years you know going back to that suffering succotash because that's what you know, that's the moment when people started to sour on Roman. It's because they wanted him to be John Cena. Mm. Like, it, it's WWE trying to get out of the status quo. 
like John Cena had, had at that point had been on top for what felt like 20 years. I mean, it was like, you know, 10 years plus or whatever it was. And they were like, oh man, we haven't got Cena anymore, but we still need Cena. Let's just make Roman the new Cena. Let's just yeah. make him do everything that Cena does. And we can just like heat transference, as you want to coin the term, and we'll just carry it over into Cena. But that just, that didn't work for Roman. We liked Roman when he was the badass of the shield, mm. when he was just this unstoppable Samoan machine. Well, we'll see uh, what happens next week with the build. But for now, let's go back to the start of Raw. Haha, <laughs> it's a Raw review looking jacked, man. Raw kicked off with the women's division. We almost had our own uh, record scratch. You probably wonder how we got here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? Well, uh, this, is, this is a shame because we yeah. were talking about Raw and how good their women's division. They had like three distinct, uniquely engaging and intriguing storylines going at one time. There were multiple segments on the show for the women's division. Characters were being fleshed out. Storylines were being developed. Tensions were being, you know, tensioned. And here we are back to pre-Royal Rumble where everyone is in one segment. For no reason, alliances are reformed. Uh, so Alexa Bliss and Mickey James came out first off. Not really explaining why Mickey James is with Alexa Bliss after the Elimination Chamber uneasy alliance storyline. Yeah, even like yeah, pre-Elimination Chamber, pre-Rumble. Like, mm. there was... Just they're now friends again. And, like, Mickey wasn't standing behind her being like, oh, I'm, ba- I'm about to stamp you in the back. I'm not here because we are, we are friends. I'm here because we've got this sort of alliance. She was there being like, I'm your muscle. Yeah. And we're, we're the bestest of friends now. It was, it was some... I hate this about WWE when they do it. And it's just, yeah, uh, we're going to treat our viewers like idiots. So... Here it is one week. Just accept it. It's exactly what they did with Alexa and Nia Jax. I was going to say the when same they, thing. When they scrapped all of their feud and when Nia finally turned on Alexa, suddenly they're best friends the next week. It is infuriating because it says to us, well, why should we care about anything that happens if you're if it doesn't continue on to next week? Completely agree. Yeah. So, it, yeah. it was a real shame because it was a good promo by Alexa again. You know, And I really, really like Alexa Bliss, but I just couldn't get over this. Mm, 10th best wrestler wrestler in the world I just couldn't get over this this Mickey James Alliance thing it just Mm. doesn't make any sense to me then Nia Jax came out no Asuka came out Asuka came out sorry I just didn't care really about this segment although Bliss had some money moments in this Mm -hmm. and uh, again do you know what she's really great at she's great at shutting down what chance She's yeah. so good at cu- at shutting those down, and she's always got a unique way of doing it that the crowd don't see coming. And duly noted, <laughs> it was this week was she was getting the what treatment, so she was like, "Oh, can you not understand Asuka? I'll maybe I'll do this in a language you can understand," and mm. then just started speaking very slowly and very purposely, like. Uh, Brits would when they used to go to Spain my parents on yeah. holiday <laughs> yeah, when exactly. they want to talk to someone who can speak English quite well but is Spanish yeah, that's they just ex- yell at them Yeah, like, exactly. not yell at them meanly but just say the same sentence where is the taxi rang exactly yes, like that that's exactly it so this, I thought this was a really great moment for Bliss and it got some legit heel heat on her mm. which was I, th- I thought it was wonderful so Asuka comes out Nia no, Jax yeah, then comes out uh, and Alexa's putting over how it should be Nia Jax going to WrestleMania, not Asuka. So I don't know how that might play into things later. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it was Alexa, Mickey James, Nia Jax versus Asuka, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. Yeah, Bailey and Banks just running down together. Yeah. Um, which, which 
plays. Oh, that was so <laughs> annoying as well. I was going to say, but that sort of plays into the match. But we'll, we'll, yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah. it's sort, as I said, it sort of played into the match. Well, it definitely did play into the match. That was the story of them. And during the match, uh, there was like a moment when Bailey really hardly tagged Sasha Banks in, almost a chop across the chest. And later, when Sasha was going for the hot tag, Bailey hopped off the apron and walked away. That's great. That furthers what happened at Elimination Chamber. But then why did they run out together in the first place? Well, no, even more to that. So Bailey jumps off the apron, like, to avoid the hot tag. That's where you set up Banks has been screwed. She's left in a two-on-one or a three-on-one scenario, mm. and then Banks gets beat. But no, Banks just tags in Asuka. Asuka runs wild. Bailey then runs back in to attack Alexa Bliss. And, like, so actually... What you what you did? You didn't screw your team. You didn't screw Alexa. Mm. You didn't screw Sasha Banks. You won, and everyone's a winner. Like her actions created no consequences. So that's really terrible storytelling. There was a shot at the end where Sasha Banks was by the barricade, on the ground, kind of looking at Bailey, sad, sadly. But I, yeah, I just don't know what story they're trying to tell here. It's, no, it's not. It's not good. And it's just one that's been going on for freaking ever. Yep. Alexa Bliss, sorry, Sasha Banks and Bailey. All it need, you don't need a long drawn out thing anymore. It's been brewing. The beans are now off. I've been, I've had them on like number one hob setting <laughs> since 2014, and now they've just grown mold on them. I just need a quick turn. Yeah. A new can of beans. Yeah, this this was not great. Uh, Asuka won with. Although I did like Asuka's uh, combination knee bar and arm bar thing. That was that was pretty wicked. And, Asuka's uh, great. And uh, Mickey James tagged out. Maybe that's why Mickey James is teaming with Alexa Bliss again mm. because they just need someone who can take pinfalls and tag can't out beat losses. Naya, can't, can't beat Alexa. Exactly. So you'd put Mickey with her, so Mickey can just take all the losses in double denim as well. Denim, <laughs> denim, double denim. denim. John Cena then came out next and. He, he was continuing the storyline that I've always been a fan of, regardless of what Luke is trying to push as fake news. <laughs> uh, and he, he's, he's dejected. He, he lost at Elimination Chamber. He won't get his WrestleMania match, but now he's figured out how he's going to get a WrestleMania one. He's going to challenge The Undertaker. And this got a huge pop. Massive. Everyone was going crazy for it. Yes, Chance. Cena looked awesome. He was like, yes doing some muscle things with his muscles and that all looked great and then he goes but that's that can't happen mm-hmm. i've been told that can't happen yeah so i'm going to smack down live and i'm going to find my opportunities there mm. it was a really interesting promo that for my money confirms that it is cena undertaker at wrestlemania oh, but at for this, sure at, for sure at this point it has to be like you and i were talking about this just before mm. we came in here if if it isn't Cena Undertaker, because there's a new rumour coming out uh, that came out today uh, that it's going to be Cena Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. And even on SmackDown, they were teasing that it was going to be Cena Nakamura at WrestleMania. But it, it, at this point, it has to be Cena Undertaker because anything that is announced less that isn't that is going to feel lesser yeah. than Cena Undertaker. If, you'd, if it's not happening, if it's not Cena Undertaker at Mania, don't mention it. It's, don't don't yeah. never bring it up. It's Chekhov's gun. Which is the, the the storytelling rule where if you show a gun on a mantelpiece in Act One, in Act Three that gun has to be fired. Set off and pay off. Set off. Set up and pay off. Uh, Which and, we know WWE oh, are yeah. so good at doing. But this this Undertaker John Cena match has been rumored since about mid December, yeah. and uh, you know people say a lot of different websites are saying this is it. Reliable websites for ages. So. 
Yeah, it's it's got to be right. It has to be the, at this the point. only the only thing where it could be Rey Mysterio or, or whatever is if there is something. If there's a big shake-up on the way of the WrestleMania card, being in the form of either Roman Reigns steroid accusations, that's, mm. you know, Braun Strowman's weirdly not got a match yet or a program. He's got Elias. Yeah, of course, that's a big money feud for the biggest show of the year. But he's been he seems to be kept by himself, you know, possibly to be used if things have to get changed around. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. But I, I really enjoyed this segment, and I... Yeah, like you, this confirms it's John Cena Undertaker for me. Do you know what I think Braun's going to get at WrestleMania? He is going to have a salad steel cage match against Elias, and there are going to be... A ga- salad? Yeah, to Bruce Pritchard, Joey, uh, Bruce Pritchard, the salad, solid steel cage. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, it's, so it's going to be a solid steel cage match, but there are going to be guitars strung up all around it, mm. so it's also a guitar match. So this is going to be wanton destruction and Braun throwing Elias around, and one double base, and one double yeah. base exactly. That's what. Uh, that's my. That's my bold prediction for Braun at WrestleMania. Get a full-on string quartet up there. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had <laughs> <laughs> this. I. Okay, so I don't know what this was supposed to be. Was it meant to be Bray versus Rhino and Heath Slater, or just? Bray versus Slater or Bray versus Rhino? You're probably wondering wondering how I got here. <laughs> this is uh, so yeah, it was meant to be Bray Wyatt versus Heath Slater. Okay, uh, but yeah, they didn't really make a thing of that. It didn't matter because Bray Wyatt just came in, beat up Slater, beat up Rhino, and then he blamed ha- Matt Hardy for making him do this and challenged him to another match. This feud must continue. The Great War is far from over. Mm-hmm. It's just getting started. Oh my god! Like, there's no. I don't know why they keep running dead programs into the into the ground. It's obviously not connecting. It's obviously not getting over. Why continue with it? Well, I can. I know. I feel like I'm. I sound like I'm defending WWE here, and I'm not. But I'm wondering if, from their perspective, if they sat down and were like, "This feud isn't working," but. If if we just stop this feud, what are we going to do with Bray and what are we going to do with Matt? Like, what program do you put them in if they're not together? Take them off TV. Do do like something creative and not lazy and inventive. Skits outside of matches. You don't. You, they don't have to be wrestling. Uh, but what programs do you put them in? Like, who are you feuding Matt with if not with Bray? I don't know. <laughs> but like, I haven't thought about it. I'm sure. Someone whose full-time job it is to come up with storylines for WWE can come up with one other feud for both of those men. You'd think, wouldn't you? If not, just maybe a char- like just character pieces where they don't have the feud with anyone. They just do skits by themselves. Breeze Ango aren't feuding with anyone. They're one of the most engaging things with fashion files. Yeah, but they don't, that's not on TV. But but it should be on TV. <laughs> I saw a WW. I th- can't remember who tweeted it, but it was Galanderson, Mike Rome. You know the backstage interview with not, not Tom Phillips, not Todd. No uh, Bailey, and they were just talking, and then Broken Matt came in from out of nowhere and just started cutting a promo on the camera seemingly organically like he'd just seen that they were filming something on Bray Wyatt and it was just Matt doing what Matt does and I thought oh my god this is what I like about Matt Hardy and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows were hilarious behind him like Matt was uh, Matt Hardy was saying and it's going to be delightful as he does Mm. and then you can hear Carl Anderson from behind him chuck in some super as well for me (laughs) 
brilliant stuff like put them with Galanda. I don't know. There's so many things you could do. Make them a tag team. There you go. That was going to be my answer was make them a tag team. That's what I wish they'd done all along mm. was put them together as this this odd couple tag team. So now we get on to the good stuff. This mm. was uh, really, really good. The Miz came out and he said in 62 days he will become the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. I believe that's in terms of combined Com- reigns. Well, it would be because the Honky Tonk yes. Man currently holds like the longest single reign. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's Miz cut a great promo, so much fire. He was talking about how he doesn't have any merchandise, how he should be main event in WrestleMania. Uh, like, even though he shouldn't be main event in WrestleMania, you know, he's not at that star level. I, I want everyone to be saying, I'm the best. I'm the best. I should be at the top. Like, that's how and you should have all those egos clashing. And then you decide who's the best by having matches. And it spun off from a comment that he made on Twitter mm. on Sunday when he was driving into Las Vegas, or it might have been on Saturday, when he was driving into Las Vegas. And the big poster for Elimination Chamber didn't feature The Miz. In fact, actually, someone tweeted me uh, like a poster from the event that had Dean Ambrose on the poster. Like, but like, then they were like, it's a bit misleading, isn't it? Because Ambrose is on the poster. I was yeah. like, it's probably just an old promotional image. But that does raise the question, why not use a new promotional image? Why but, not bring in Brock Lesnar? Yeah, but, but the miss was like, what do I have to do to get on the poster? Mm. And they, yeah, that, that money line was just like, where's my where's my merchandise? Go to the merchandise store and see if you can see one. Yeah, it's, uh, I never really thought about it. You yeah. don't see any Miz merchandise. It was so great. And, it, yeah. and like, I, I mean, I think he's a great promo anyway. Mm. You and I have said in the past that it's a great promo, but it never makes you invested in his matches. But this one actually did because this is where yeah. he was talking about how like, I've done this, I've done this, I'm the A-lister, I've got my own TV show, I've got this beautiful pregnant wife at home. And then he said, so I asked Kurt Angle what I'm going to have at WrestleMania. And he said that I might have a match. Mm. Might. And then he goes on this tirade about might. I'm the Intercontinental Champion. Oh, it's wonderful. That really got me invested in him. He's, he's a unique one. Because yeah. this is, you know, he's a, he's a great performer. I think we can all agree on that. But what actually, is this, to me, this was a babyface promo. This is someone I get excited for because they're showing so much passion and fire about something they love. So, which is himself. But, uh, it's yeah. Well, it didn't come off as a heel promo for me. Mm. Uh, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, shades of grey. Yeah, this I, is a good thing. I liked it. Uh, but then, even better, Monday Night Rollins came out. How hot is Rollins at the moment? Oh, like, he's the, so hot right so, now. Look. So hot right now. Oh my now. god! Look, he is on fire. <laughs> that Hansel's so hot Burn right it now. Down. <laughs> but like, the crowd was so into Rollins. Mm. It's like a massive pop when he came out. Because I, I didn't think he he did. Obviously, he was in the chamber for a long time, but it didn't feel as big as the Raw episode leading into it. Here, it felt like chamber didn't happen. It was straight from Raw into Raw. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. And they had a really good match. I love this match. Great. Uh, This is awesome. Chant going at one point from the crowd. Loads of near falls. I just... That superplex into the... Falcon Arrow. Falcon Arrow. I just... I I was watching it in a replay, and I thought... To do to land on your back from the top turnbuckle, then to roll over and pick him. My God, he's talented. He's very, very and good. And then the cherry on top. Uh, the, well, he takes out the Miztourage with a dive, which, you know, I think he overdoes the dives, but that was a cool dive. A huge frog splash. When Miz goes down and he's two thirds <laughs> of the way across the ring, I thought, no, you're going to the wrong turnbuckle there, mate. Yeah. But he hits this incredible frog splash. 
uh, and the crowd are going crazy and he won with the frog splash which is awesome because I love it when people have many different moves they can win with Absolutely. I love this match loved it loved it loved it yeah but this then set up my overall feelings of Raw hmm. which was a lot of things were a tale of two halves love the Alexa Bliss promo did not like the resulting tag match um, really liked the start of the Rousey segment did not like the end of the Rousey segment loved this match did not like what followed it Mm. Which was, and I kind of like this bit here, which when as Seth Rollins is celebrating, this is the this is WWE's new thing now, is that the next match has to start, so the other person has to come out during the other person's I celebration. Like I, I like it. I like it. I like it too. It's, it's their new thing they like to do. Chop Finn, blocks. <laughs> with chop blocks. Finn Balor comes out doing his big full entrance, and he's just got this smarmy look on his face because Seth Rollins had been told that he might be in the Intercontinental Championship match. Turns out that Finn Balor has also told that he might mm. be in there, so Balor comes out all smug. Rollins looks so pissed off because he's like, you mother effer, like, this is my moment. Mm. I won the match, and you've just come out here for, like, for seemingly no reason. And then Balor has a match with Miz. This is where I started to dislike the segment. Because A, why didn't you bring Gal Anderson with you? And B, Finn Balor sold for the entire match. I'm like, Miz just went through this grueling ordeal. I know someone said to me, it's like, Miz tried to attack him. I was like, barely attacked him. It's not like he had five skull-crushing finales hits on him. He, like, like, Curtis Axel hit one move. Mm. It's not like there was this epic beatdown. And yeah, Balor just sold for the whole thing. And I'm just like, it made Balor look like a complete chump. Yeah. Especially after that incredible moment where he made his entrance during Rollins' uh, celebration. Now he just looks like a chump that can't beat The Miz, even though The Miz is... It's, it was the opposite of John Cena versus Seth Rollins last week, where Cena was the fresh man, and Seth Rollins, who had the grueling match, was the weak one. Mm. And I, I suppose when you put the heel in, in Miz's position, that it doesn't really... It, it's it, psychology-wise, it, it kind of goes off a little bit. Yeah, it, I, I completely agree with you. It was... From this great Rollins Balor, or the, the Rollins Miz match, and then that great Rollins Balor stare down, which had so much context that I kind of forgot about with the Universal Championship match back at all those Summer Slams ago, and then it just transitioned into this psychologically backwards match of the heel having wrestled not just like a five-minute, ten-minute easy thing. But a 20, 25-minute competitive match with Rollins that he lost, that Miz lost, and then he has to face Balor. Uh, and like you said, it was it was a paltry beatdown from the Miz Taraj. So, yeah, it just it didn't help. It made Balor look like an absolute gimp, I thought. And I've, the crowd reactions showed it because they were not into this. I've written here, Miz seems fresher than Balor. Because mm. Miz was mm. like on his feet and he was doing moves. And he just, he looked like he hadn't been through a match. Because he can't sell the match because he has to be on offense. Mm. It, it really didn't work for me. What did work for me, though, is I don't often pay attention to these things. But you know at the bar when they do like upcoming shows... Sure. Like you do, like, hey, SmackDown is here. Then on Wednesday we're going to be here. Then Thursday, then uh, you know NXT. One of the shows was elemate, uh, emanating from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo. <laughs> I then I didn't really see a lot of the rest of this match because I was googling Kalamazoo. It's a fun word to say. <laughs> fun word I, to see. That's what I thought. It just I, I was like Kalamazoo. I was like, did I? 
I made this up? Did I like because you know I watched the show quite early in the morning? Mm. Maybe my cup of tea hadn't really kicked in. I was like, maybe it wasn't called Kalamazoo. I'm just gonna Google whether or not that was a real place. Turns out it is. What any, a brilliant any Kalamazoo name. facts? No, it's just, I was just amazed by the name. Mm. But I, oh, what a wonderful! If you if we have any viewers out there in Kalamazoo, you possibly live in the coolest city name ever. All you Kalamazoonians, Kal <laughs> Kalamazoonians, Kalam. How do you say it again? Kalamazonians. Kalamazaniacs. 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 Like, that's going to be our tag team. So, <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, Rollins, after this, is interviewed backstage. He's watching the monitor at a stupid angle. And he says he wants Miz at WrestleMania for the IC title. I don't think we said a Balor one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it looks like it's going to be this three-way between them, uh, which yeah. we kind of thought. Which, uh, man... If Miz is that many days, WrestleMania is like, what, 30-something days away? Miz needs another 10 on top of that, I think, to be this longest reigning champion. So so we'll see. Well, he's got a few more reigns in him yet. Yeah. Um, at one point in this match, um, Coach said that what he likes about the Miz is that he doesn't complain about things. And Michael Cole was like, did you miss the promo that he said at the start of this match? Come on, Coach. Come on, Coachman. Next up was the Reigns-Lesnar segment, or just the Reigns segment, as it turned out to be. So yep. we've already done that. Love that. We had a Braun Strowman backstage promo with some text on the screen and some music puns. So he's going to make a symphony of destruction against Elias. It's going to be a smash hit. Yeah. Um, Corey Graves absolutely loved this. I, someone tweeted me that I don't, hadn't picked up, but Corey Graves often makes uh, references to Pantera when talking about Braun Strowman, mm. and now Braun Strowman's there making references to uh, to Megadeth, and Corey Graves even used the lyrics from uh, Megadeth Symphony of Destruction during his match. Corey Graves is good. Yeah. Uh, then we had the same Black History Month promo that I've seen about twenty times already. Yeah, they do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's over now, right? Uh, no, well, there, was, there, was, well, there was stuff on SmackDown. Yeah, but next month. Next month, no, yeah. no more of the same pro promo, which is yes. fun. Uh, the Bar beating Titus Worldwide in a randomly thrown together two out of three fools match. What's the what's that word, <laughs> lads? That is that hell. Yes. So Lucas just read an effing L, lads. Just like this, when the Bar came out and then it was Titus Worldwide, I literally threw my head back and I was like, effing L, lads. Mm. Like, we just do, are we doing this again? And then. Turns out it's a two out of three falls match. We're doing it three times. Well, <laughs> two times in the end. Yeah. The story behind this was after uh, the bar successfully retained at the chamber, Titus Worldwide called him out on Twitter and said, you know, well, we've beaten you three times or, or we've we've beaten you two times already. So then we made a two out of the three falls match. And... Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a match. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I, I quite liked Sheamus's bro kick right out the gate. Yeah. That was the first pin over with, and, actually, and the way they celebrated. I was about to say that was the best thing in the match was them celebrating yeah. like they just won the World Cup. <laughs> Sheamus and Cesaro looked like they were having fun here. Oh god, it was yeah. wonderful. Like they broke it, and they were just saying hugging each other. It was really really great. But the match was it was you know it was good fun. Mm. Yeah, I thought Apollo looked really good. I thought he did some just crazily impressive stuff. Yeah. That standing shooting star that he does is just incredible. Uh, but the bar won a clean sweep. Yes, that's the two two out of three four matches we've had this year. Both have been clean sweeps. Mm. Got to wonder if um, I think someone might tweet me this actually that the WWE are going to have a two out of three falls match at WrestleMania, trying to build you up to expect it to go the clean sweep again, and that's where they pull out the shock. Hmm. Um, Potentially. Third fall. Why are they all tag teams, though? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so the bar cut a promo afterwards saying we've beaten everyone there is, uh, which 
I don't know where they go from here. Obviously, there's the revival. There's Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. But none of them are like real. They're all kind of on the heel spectrum of things. Like, my uh, my prediction: Authors of Pain. Mm, it's a bit too. The, but the way, don't usually call up teams this close to me. And I I agree they don't. But the way that this promo was structured was that like we've beaten every single team mm. there is. So like it, the way they set this promo up was that there are no other challenges for them, which means they have to do a debut in order to be a new team for them to be. So I, I've, I either it's Authors of Pain or maybe even War Machine. Maybe I because War Machine aren't in the um, Dusty Tag Team Classic. That is interesting. I I think it will. I think we'll be disappointed, and it's someone who's already on Raw. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. Or the Hardys. You know. Don't know. But I guess uh, they beat them last year. Matt and Bray. Matt and Bray. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, next up, Jarius JJ Robertson was revealed as the recipient of the Warrior Award. What a badass that kid is. What a badass indeed. I, I, you've seen his thing with the Miz. Yeah. Oh, it makes me smile so much. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Elias was next. Braun Strowman won via DQ. Uh, Elias is singing a song because they're in LA and he's singing about, or Anaheim, wasn't it? Anaheim, California. Yeah, California. Yeah. Uh, and he's singing a song about noise pollution and all that stuff. And uh, he just takes a swipe at Corey Graves saying, like everything out of Corey Graves' mouth. So good. And then Corey just says, quick as a whip on commentary, I'll never stop talking again. <laughs> Just Corey Graves is yeah, I mean, he's cool, I but really, his hair is ridiculous. I was about to say, I wish he hadn't dyed his hair blonde because it's not 1991 and you are not Vanilla Rice, but hey, I, I like him. It's getting taller. It is. On SmackDown, I couldn't believe it. It was believe so, tall so tall on SmackDown. I'm glad you thought this. I was ginormous. It was taller on SmackDown than it was on Raw. <laughs> it really was. They're only a day apart. <laughs> Weird. It was ginormous. So Booker T, I reread that quote, you know, when he challenged him. Oh, yeah? I'm going to, next time I see him, you see that little buffant hairdo of his? I'm going to rough it up for him. <laughs> Maybe he meant, like, rough it up is, is ghetto speak for making it making it nice and pointier. Maybe. So we don't know. <laughs> uh, Elias sung his song again, and then Braun came out, interrupting the song, beat Elias up a lot. Elias got a fire extinguisher out from underneath the ring and sprayed it in uh, Braun's eyes. Yeah, he eventually got there. Yeah. Uh, which was cool. Braun Braun was blinded, but he was still kind of looking for Elias, and he chased him up the ramp. Got Elias was going to slam him through the table at one point. That didn't work, and then they went to the back. And a lot of people called me out on my Raw review for not pointing out that epic moment when a limo pulled up and Braun was there, and Braun walked off, and the camera zoomed in on the limo. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? Stephanie and Triple H were in it. Well, I was going to say, I would have called you out as well. It was a mystery limo with no payoff. Do we well, I know? I think it was quite clear it was Stephanie and Triple H. Was it? Is it clear it was? Like it was. It, yeah. We didn't see anyone. I was like expecting a, like Vince McMahon to come out or something like that. Like it's a mystery limo. So uh, I think it was just sloppily done. Okay. So it was. It was. It was quite. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was meant to be Stephanie and Triple H because, you know, they come out in the next segment. It's how you get people to stay after the break. Why would it Why would it be Vince McMahon? No one mentions it on commentary. He doesn't appear in the next well, no, segment. I, I mean, I, I said I thought, it, like, I thought it yeah. might be something like... Uh, but when you said it's Triple H and Stephanie, I never put those two, in, those two together because I figured that Trips and Steph had been there all the time. Because they have all they these meetings. They turn up at the, right at the end of the show. But they you have, know that. But they have their meetings with Kurt. 
And like they, they always the talk phone. about these meetings that they have with it's Kurt. On the phone, Skype it. <laughs> it's 2018, man. Yeah. Technology uh, so exists. I think this was just a case of bad visual storytelling rather than uh, any secret tease. But what a missed opportunity. Braun's there, blinded. Elias is running away out the building into the night. And this limo pulls up. Why not have Triple H get out of the limo and Braun's there? They haven't seen each other since Survivor Series when they had that showdown. Triple H, like, Braun can't really see. Triple H just gets back into the limo yeah. until Braun leaves. Or... I thought it was a real missed opportunity to get everyone over more. Or gimmick the limo and have Braun smash a window. And, and pure frustration and anger mm. that, that Elias has run away, that he just smashes a car window. Cause then you're like, and then you have, oh my god, he just smashed yeah. a car window with his bare hand. I mean, Goldberg... Flip it. Obviously you've got to flip I it. I mean, that's, that's Braun's MO, really, yeah. isn't it? It's flipping stuff. Uh, yeah, he's been really good in the property business. <laughs> Buy a property, do it up, flip it for more. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then the main event, which was badly set up by that limo, but the whole night did keep on saying Triple H and Stephanie are going to be here for the main event with Ronda Rousey. It was Stephanie McMahon and Triple H coming out, and they did... We haven't talked about this. How many bloody Elimination Chamber recaps were there? Oof, I mean, there was eight minutes worth at the start of the show. Eight minutes eight worth minutes. of recaps. And then another one here. At least three others in, in the rest of the show. Yeah. So, you know, you're probably looking at about 20, 25 minutes of Elimination Chamber recaps. In what, after commercial breaks are taken out, is about two hours, ten of a show. But I kind of, I can't, again, I kind of get it. Because Ronda is your big thing at the moment. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to hype up the fact that Ronda's going to be in the third hour of the show, and she's going to be doing a, a showdown with Triple H and Stephanie. You've mm. got to remember that not everyone is like you and I, and people watching the show that watch the whole three hours. There are people who watch an hour here and an hour there, an hour there. They and tune, then all tune out for the third, and then all tune out. For the, you know, they just tune in for the second hour, and then they, you know, they didn't see the promo at the start, so that you have to do it again in the second mm. hour to try and capture those people that didn't see it the first time round. I, I, I kind of get it, but you're right; it is overkill. It was overdone, yeah. So uh, Stephanie then said, "Kurt was delirious from double pneumonia. Mm. Double pneumonia." It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Uh, and that beast and, from the east is getting everyone. Yeah, but the um, so they said Kurt's going to come out to apologise, but instead out came badass Ronda, who oh, looked badass, full of piss and vinegar. Yeah, was Ronda yeah, Rousey? Great. It was great. Stormed down to the ring, got in, and Triple H and Stephanie are kind of backing off. Kurt runs down like, whoa, 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 Ronda! Don't don't beat anyone up. It's me. I'm sorry. I need this job. And when he said that, I was just this isn't the way I would have done this storyline. And it just stinks of the McMahons and the authority emasculating their raw GMs. It's exactly the same thing happened with Mick Foley, just patronising him, undermining him. And not from a way that tells an engaging story where you, you know, you tell the, the story of someone just being beaten down and beaten down and then they rise up. It's just... No, you're making them look like a worthless idiot. Pretty and much. that's what they've done to Kurt. It's what they did to Mick Foley. Mm -hmm. uh, something needs to change with that quick. Well, I imagine that after this segment, because as I said, I, I liked the start of this segment. I did not like the second half of it. Um, although I did like, I thought Ronda's line of, um, like, I'm just going to take that arm and rip it out of his socket. Like that, just have to her. Stephanie. Just have her say, like, those lines. Mm -hmm. Just have her, just cut very, very small promos. 
and just say there's one or two lines because that's when she's at her best but i'd imagine now after this with kurt being sucker punched by triple h we're going to i mean perhaps i'm just being uh, naive here and optimistic we're going to see a different kurt next week we're going to see the kurt angle of next week this should be like hey like they keep trying to mess with me i'm now going to mess back I hope so. Yeah, I hope so as well, because Kurt Angle played ball with the authority here today. He admitted that he lied, doing big air quotes for podcast listeners. And so he's like, last week you asked me to lie. I lied for you. And my reward for that was being punched in the face. So Mm. do you know what? To hell with you. To hell with this job. And build that and make Kurt Angle this this badass who's alongside badass Ronda Rousey. Mm. So they can be a badass tag team for badass WrestleMania. Yeah, so uh, Ronda being a badass, demanded an apology from Steph. Oh, it was great. And Steph, there's two ways you can read this. Steph, like, started off in her apology, storming up to Ronda, starting off really big and shouty, but then kind of seemed to genuinely get more scared as she was talking and and withered. So you could read it like that, or you could read it that it was a completely disingenuous apology and she didn't mean any of it. I thought it was really well done from Stephanie, the way she went into the, the apology. Yeah so forcefully yeah it works both ways and I like that uh, but then when they were leaving the ring Triple H just clocked Kurt Angle from out of nowhere and walked off yeah just punched him straight in the face which was a, so you didn't like that why didn't you like the second half because it just it felt like a very flat ending because Triple mm. H's punch really did, did come out of nowhere it was almost like Triple H punched him as he was exiting the ring like literally like through the ropes boof like that. yeah that's and what it was when it, it just it came out of nowhere Kurt went down like a sack of spuds Ronda didn't like get fired up and go mm. after uh, go after them. So like the heels sort of stood tall once again, I suppose. Yeah. And that to me, coupled with the elimination chamber ending, where with Stephanie slapping Ronda, it just again like I think we need that next week. We need them to get their own on on Trips and Steph in order for this to really start to to find its feet. So I I loved the first half, but the ending was a bit flat. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This episode of the Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you will get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a bonus monthly podcast where Ollie and I review pay-per-views from wrestling's past. Last month we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom 10, and this month's show will be No Way Out 2004, a true feel-good pay-per-view where Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship. And we have just announced that $10 plus backers will get access to a brand new exclusive Patreon podcast, Ramble Club, where Ollie and I will review NXT, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and all that comes in between. We've revamped our entire Patreon reward system, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's a SmackDown review, Magal, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. SmackDown's okay again. It's Yay. one week. Let's, let's not Yay. get ahead of ourselves. It's just one week. Thanks, Road Dog. You're the best, <laughs> man. It's all down to you. Uh, SmackDown kicked off with free agent John Cena turning up and uh, as, as the new latest member of the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, so I didn't actually notice this. Mm. Uh, I think I was too busy making notes. But the Bludgeon Brothers graphic... Well, I saw. I just. I was also making notes. You know, John Cena walks out. Blah blah blah. blah, yeah. blah. Uh, and I saw this. You know, because some people have custom little name bars, mm-hmm. and I thought that didn't look. That was like a weird brownie color that had sharp edges. What's going on there? So I played it back, and it's yeah, it's Bludgeon Brothers. Wow. It's Bludgeon Brothers. Interesting. Mm. I'm but sure, just I'm, a mistake. I'm sure I'll get picked up on that for not mentioning it in my review. Mm. Mm. There will be. Oh, we didn't talk about the guy who got in the shot for Ronda Rousey's oh, segment. Oh, yeah, poor lad. I mean, yeah. oh, we shouldn't really make fun of him because he's probably unemployed now. Yes, yeah. he's probably fired immediately. Yeah. So uh, then I've got a note about Corey Graves' hair looking <laughs> more ridiculous every time I see so it. So amazing. Uh, then, yeah, Cena just cut a promo in the ring about how he's going to do whatever it takes to get to his WrestleMania match. Uh, and he wants to be added to the Fatal Five Way. Um, he says, "I'll do whatever it takes to get added to the Fatal Five Way." I've written, "Usually, it's just turning up." Well, I was going to say, so John Cena on Monday announced that he was going over to SmackDown to for you know for an opportunity to get to WrestleMania. He showed up on SmackDown. He got uh, inserted into the main event, and now he's uh, fighting for the WWE Championship. On the space of two hours, I would say successful move there, John. Yeah, this was a really smart plan. Do you do you think uh, he he thought SmackDown? That is a show that's run by warring idiots at the moment. 
I can easily manipulate them into this. Well, I mean, Raw's being won, uh, run by warring idiots as well, I suppose. Oh, I no, guess so, but it's not so much of a... Step and Trips aren't idiots, though, yeah. are they? They're the smartest people. Curtin, yeah. Kurt, Kurt's the idiot. Good point. What a doofus he is. So Shane McMahon comes out. What's up, Anaheim? <laughs> and, oh, I don't know where they were. And it was in... I think they were in California this time. Either way, he was... Enter your hometown here. He was sweating like a madman. Mm-hmm. And he had pointy nipples. <laughs> that I didn't notice. He had pointy nipples. I I only notice his glistening forehead. Mm, well, you now can look at these erect areola points. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another word for nipples. So you didn't have to say nipple again. Man teats. I wonder. Man points. I, I mean, I don't want to go on record here, but this might be the most we've ever said the word nipple on this show. Nipple, nipple, nipple. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Shane Man comes out. There's a, a loud Let's Go Cena, Cena sucks chant. John Cena sort of reacts to those, you know, which is nice to interact with the crowd. Says, well, you know, half the people want to see me in it and half the people want to see me lose, so you should probably book it, right? And Shane Mc... Then there was some Rusev Day chants. Yeah, duly noted. Duly noted. Shane McMahon, like, you're right there as well, that John Cena sort of, like, stops to interact with the crowd and, and add that line in, but Shane McMahon, boom, straight back to the script. Mm. I've, got, I've got some stuff to say, John. I've learned yeah. this. And I'm going to say it. Uh, he says that John would be a 17-time world champion if he won at Fastlane. And that was the first time I've been like, oh, no, <laughs> we're not getting an AJ at a Nakamura. Well, they teased it in the show. And I, I did think to myself, because I was like, oh, I mean, it's AJ and Nakamura, right? Mm. Like, every time I kept saying it to myself. And then they did that tease, and I was like, oh, I mean, it might be Cena Nakamura, you know? Because WWE have a, a you know, they've got record of being like uh, we don't think AJ's a champion enough put on John Cena quickly yeah. like you know it's happened before can AJ happen can get a bigger match with Shane McMahon <laughs> yeah. put him back with Kevin Owens mm. the it was a uh, yeah it it the, was it was a fine opening segment like i would say that i mean Cena hasn't been on smackdown since august despite the fact that he was fighting for them at SummerSlam uh, Survivor, Survivor series. series in november and it was kind of nice to see a freshish face yes, open agree. up the show. You know, it's, I mean, I know it's John Cena and he's been opening up shows now for 20 years, but it was nice. Yeah. And Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan were there as always. Yeah. Daniel Bryan was the one who came out and said, well, if you want the fast lane uh, match, you've got to beat AJ Styles in the main event, which I must admit, I was immediately excited for. Absolutely. I, I always love it when those two wrestle. Yeah. Uh, so Baron Corbin was up next taking on Sami Zayn mm-hmm. Kevin Owens uh, on commentary Kevin Owens on commentary which Shane was not happy about they were backstage shown twice during the match watching watching the action on a screen Shane went off and got some popcorn at one point right so Shane's there having a bit of a whinge mm. that like he's like I can't believe you put Kevin Owens out there who's blatantly going to interfere in this match because that's what they do you're, you're all buddy buddy then he goes away and gets popcorn comes back with this massive smug look on his face and then in the match Dolph Ziggler jumped over the barricade and super kicked Kevin Owens so hard in their head I'm pretty sure he swore loudly yeah because like the, the audio just cut out for about uh, five seconds and then Zane got distracted and Baron Corbin hit the end of days and won. And it cuts backstage and Shane McMahon still got this smug look on his face. I was like, what are you so smug about? Like, did he orchestrate the Ziggler thing? I didn't think of that until you just said it. I just... Shane is coming off like such an such an unlikable, arrogant he's so, presence. He's so unlikable. And Daniel Bryan, even though he's... He, I think Daniel Bryan's trying to be unlikable. You know, he's just giving short answers. Can I go home now? I want to be with my wife and child. But I'm like... 
I, st I still love you so much, Daniel Bryan. You're impossible to dislike. Uh, even when you're doing the yes, you know the yes chant was originally to annoy people. Yeah. Uh, but Shane McMahon is ah, and, and especially as like you say, there's like, can I go home early? He's got really good reasons. Yeah, go home, be with your mm. wife and go. You're on the road all the time. Go home with you, being your wife and kid. That's a lovely thing to do. Well, what a nice family man. He's only he's only does Tuesdays, doesn't he? Well, yeah, but you know, in in WWE world, in kayfabe. They're on the road all the time, aren't they? Even managers and stuff. I, you know, I, I, I just thought this was this was all kind of lame. Although I did like Owens's selling of, but maybe it was legit because he just crumples off the chair it's like he's like, knocked out. Well, he got kicked in headphones, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. Like probably really hurt. Like here. Yeah. Oh. Oof. Well, they, they, these are quite nice and cushioned. Yeah, but when we no, do, it's gonna hurt. What am I talking about? I was gonna say when we do long records, you take these headphones off and go like, oh, oh, me yeah, ears, yeah. me ears. Uh, so yeah, Ziggler took out Corbin afterwards, and then celebrated a baby face celebrated with a record scratch and then his music. <laughs> he's not a baby face. What? He's not a baby face. He's a heel. He attacked AJ at the end of the night. Uh, at least I, I think. But he's he a saved AJ. He's on. He's on the cusp. Whatever he is, get rid of the record scratch, especially when he's not coming out. Oh, I just, that record scratch is doing my head it's in It's such an annoying sound as well. But there's a re actually, there was a really funny moment from Byron. Um, and it was just, it was perfectly timed as well. Because Kevin Owens throughout the entire match is just picking on Byron and being like, I'm not even listening to you, Byron. I'm not going to, I'm not going to acknowledge any of the questions that you've got to say. I'm not even going to acknowledge your presence here. And then just before Ziggler jumped over the barricade, Baron called, um, Byron Saxon said like, hey, Kevin, are you all right? Boom, super kick to the head, goes down and, By and Byron goes, it's not okay now. <laughs> Good one, Byron. Great, Byron. Great stuff, Byron. Afterwards, Sammy is angry, walking around backstage. Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn still don't feel like they're together. Oh, no, they? I felt like it was back to square one again, that they were just the best friends. I felt like Kevin Owens was kind of apprehensive on commentary, and afterwards, Sammy Zayn was blaming him in, uh, when they're walking around backstage. And they see Shane, and they're angry, and Shane's like, yep. Yeah, Shane said that, uh, hey, if you catch up with Daniel Bryan, you can go and have dinner for him because Bree's probably got it ready for you, suggesting that they always have dinner together because they're all best mates mm. and that. Shane's, yeah. Shane's a dick. Yeah, it's not. he's not coming off as likeable in the slightest. No. Next up. Uh, Ruby Riot and Naomi had a match. I've got one note here. Riot wins. Mm. Um, oh, and, uh, and Saxon called Ruby a serious threat, which I respectfully disagree. I like Ruby. I like Love her wrestling. Ruby. I like her look. I like her promos. But you know, it's it's off the boil. Yeah. Whatever they had when they debuted, which was all already kind of dead in the water because they debuted the night after they did the exact same thing on Raw with Absolution. It's just now they've been flattened out into a completely one-dimensional storyline for for about a month or two now. It's a real shame. In fact, they've never really had a proper story since debuting in November, end yeah. of November, because it was after Survivor Series. Uh, and why are Charlotte and Becky Lynch getting full entrances for a Naomi singles match? Because WWE is all about entrances and finishes. That's what they. That's what you pay to see. You pay to see the people do the entrances. Ah, oh, and it was so. This match was so orchestrated when they. You know, Naomi and Ruby are good workers, but 
the way it was laid out was horrid where there was a bit where, right at the start where Naomi was with Charlotte and Becky Lynch and the riot squad over here and they walked over to each other and they had this really lame face off commercial you know like 10 minutes before it happened I could see this coming a mile away commercial break just for the record Ollie started off this review by saying that Smackdown's good again but it gets good. It gets good. It gets good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Carmella's managing the social media lounge yeah. as well backstage. So, I, if that I, counts for anything. Is there a meme going around about pancakes and waffles? Because when I did the um, on the Russell Talk News, sometimes I say, "Ask me a question." If it's in the first fifteen minutes, I'll try and answer mm. it. I got a lot of questions that were asking if I like pancakes or waffles, and I was like, "Huh, that's an odd question." To see, maybe it's a meme that I just don't understand. Maybe, or maybe it's just. Randomly, it could be a sexual thing, may, or it's a sexual thing. Mm. Carmilla mentioned it here. Really? She said, "Do I like pancakes or waffles?" And I was like, "Oh, is it? Maybe it is a meme that I just don't understand." Do you like, want to do that that thing that you hate that oh, I sometimes no, want to do, where don't I do pancakes this. or no? Because I, I I googled it and I couldn't find. Oh no, there's a bit. The difference. Oh, it's just a difference between. Oh, I thought that was a meme thing. No, no, no. There's nothing recent. No, okay. Just uh, just seems to be a hot button topic. Just uh, yeah, there you go. Maybe There's that's what it of, is. A lot of listicles. Fifty fifty one reasons pancakes are better than waffles. Fifty one reasons. I love a listicle. Although, in fair in fairness, though, that is from Pancake God. So I feel like they are very much. That, yeah, that's, that is a bias report. That's a bias report. What are just some of these reasons? When do you ever see stacked waffles? Never. But it, like. <laughs> We need more context there. Actually, Maybe that's a bad thing. Stacked waffles. I've seen them right there. You, the picture, the, the, at, the picture top, at the top. The picture at the top. article is of stacked waffles. This is from the pancake. God, what is that age-old debate? And it really was recent. It was February 7th. Maybe this is a... Th- Maybe the whole thing is off this rubbish article. <laughs> uh, everyone has a pan? A waffle iron? <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> Ball up pancakes and you have some tasty pancake spheres. Right, anyway, back, okay. back to SmackDown Live. I will say there was one really nice spot uh, during this Ruby Riot Naomi match, which is when uh, Ruby goes for a kick, Naomi ducks, Naomi goes for a kick, and Ruby ducks, and they both just kick each other in the oh, head. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was a nice spot. But aside from that, the match was absolutely nothing. Yeah, Ruby won with a riot kick. Who cares? Yeah, poor Ruby. Fashion Files kind of backstage next. I got super excited. The Fashion Files were back on TV for a brief moment just to plug someone else's show. And then some lad walked in who I didn't recognise. Turns out it's Josh Dumel. Who? Is, I believe, in the steroid thing, right? Yes! With Reigns. <laughs> like the three people who have been named are Roman Reigns, you know, alleged. Roman Reigns, Mark Wahlberg and Josh Demel. And Ronda's working with Marky Mark at the moment. It's all connected. But seriously, what a bizarre thing. Like, what a strange coincidence. I'm sure this was planned way in advance because Josh Demel has this show that I've never heard of called Unsolved. But and it sounds like it's a... A long-running a, thing, like, yeah. well, no, it, well, no, I mean, it sounds oh. like it's a, um, a a fictionalized show, but about the murders mm, of Biggie mm. and Tupac, which if it is, I'm quite into that. That I'm, sounds cool. That sounds cool. I'd watch that show. This played into uh, quite a very funny joke where they were talking about Biggie being Biggie Smalls, but Biggie from the New Day were behind him, and that was funny. And then, you know, Bree's anger were just... Their comic delivery and timing is great, but a joke so obvious and simple as, oh, we thought you were a real detective because you play a detective on a show on telly, mm-hmm. and now we're sad that you're not a real detective. That you know, that's that's a day one joke. 
Yes. Day one-ish. Day one-ish. Whatever. Day one is H. And they made it so funny. They're very good. They they were so funny. Here's a surprise. The fashion files are great. Fandango, Tyler Breeze is funny. Yeah. Fandango in particular. God, he is. They need to. He's untapped. They could do so much more with him. I mean, uh, the lads at Gorilla Position once called him the next CM Punk. I wouldn't go that far, but mm. there is a lot of untapped potential in there. But we go from that backstage Oof, thing. How good was this? Yes. This was great. The New Day showing their comedic side backstage and their comedic side in the first, I would say, third of this or half of this segment. Yeah. Uh, when they came out for a live in ring one and they they cut a fun normal New Day promo. Yeah. Which, and they, they had letters up on the screen during the entrance. They hyped the Usos match at Fastlane. And then out came the Usos, who, surprise, surprise, cut an incredible promo. Man alive, this promo ruled. And I was there thinking, like, huh, I wonder if uh, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin are going to uh, show up, considering they got screwed mm. two weeks in a row out of this championship opportunity. Oh, good, now I'm saying it. Title match. Um, <laughs> I'm going to correct myself. Um but do you know what? I'm kind of glad they didn't because this promo was just so great. The, the Usos carry so much passion mm. in their promos. And they say, you know, we've been a team for nine years in the WWE. We've never had a WrestleMania match on the main card because they've been on the pre-show quite a couple of times. So anytime that uh, Bradshaw says on those shows, we're like, I think it's a good thing that you get on the pre-show because everyone gets to see you then. Wrestlers don't like it, apparently, because the Usos were very upset that they've not been on the main card. Probably won't get on the DVD. And then you'll leave the company. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, it was like, it was just a great promo. And then it got even better because Big E grabs the microphone. He drops the comedy and just gets right up in their face about how they're not a comedy team. It's like, yeah, we do goofy stuff, but we're the longest reigning tag champs. We've done this, we've done that. We were hosting WrestleMania 31 while you were sat in catering. Oh, there was just so many money lines in there. And then I, I, I have a feeling you might disagree here. At the apex, just when this is getting great, Bludgeon Brothers music hits and the mood changes. And it goes from this like really intense thing. And you're like, oh, damn, the Bludgeon Brothers are here now. And, mm. you know, S-Word's about to get real. And they just walk down to the ring and they walk with such purpose. And then they do what they don't usually do, which is like they would don't interact with these other tag teams. They just want to show off their dominance against jobbers. They don't, they're not bothered about these other teams. Not just yet. They just want to try to scare everyone. And then they got into the ring and everyone just scarpered because they don't want to mess with the Bludgeon Brothers. And I, I thought it was a wicked tonal shift. Every single thing in this, from the comedy at the start to the Usos to the it's a big ease promo to the bludgeon brothers i thought this segment was a home run you're, you're totally right i didn't i didn't hate the bludgeon brothers coming out i just wouldn't have done it i don't think because you had this wonderful feeling of something real and something genuine and that's your next match isn't it it's the usos versus new day a match that has been done a lot and i wasn't particularly interested in seeing again even though i know it's going to be a great match i feel like you know we've been there but in the from that incredible new de, uh, sorry Usos to Big E promo, which was just incredible, really really good, uh, I, and the great line about New Day having to work from the bottom, we didn't have our daddies helping oh, us out. Such a great line, uh, and it was you know it felt so real, and all of a sudden I've gone my expectation from this match has shot through the roof, and I really want to see it, and it feels like this is an all time classic feud, and they. They just did this in a couple of minutes of promo time. 
masterfully done. So when the Bludgeon Brothers came out, that did puncture that little bubble of realness for me mm-hmm. with yeah, yeah. pro wrestling goofiness. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, but, I, you know, I didn't hate it because it is also long-term booking and, and I'm always a fan of that. Uh, but I w- personally, my personal taste would have been to leave it at just that promo. Yeah, and I, I, and I get that, and I think you're right. But I think what I really liked about it is it sets up that scene of just like, so the Usos and the New Day are fighting over the belts, but whoever wins that then has to face mm. the Bludgeon Brothers. And it's almost like the brothers just came out to let them know, hey, yeah. whoever wins, you lose because you're facing us next. And I and I, I really like that. And they brought the hammers into the ring. Brought the hammers That's into the, the ring. the first time, Oh, I man. Think. They have got to get those hammers over as, like, like sledgehammer levels of dangerous. Otherwise, they'll just become goofy nonsense. They're made of fiberglass, mate. Well, of course they are. Rusev <laughs> and Timmy Mallet. Aiden English was next backstage with Shane. And, uh, you know, Rusev hasn't been on the show since the Royal Rumble. You cut Dolph's promo. Have I got, no? Dolph was after this. What was it? But first, it was. I th- I'm pretty sure it was no, Shane got, McMahon I've, backstage. I've got it here. Dolph cuts a promo. Bobby Roode cuts a promo. Oh yeah, and then Aiden English versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Maybe I just didn't take notes on that. <laughs> Sorry, I do. I do apologise. So yeah, uh, Shane said, "Well, you're not going to have a match tonight, Rusev. Even though you didn't say this bit. Even though you're the most over thing in the company, probably. Aiden English is going to have uh, the match." And then we had the Dolph Ziggler promo where he kind of calls out Cena with yeah. text on screen. Yeah, his text on screen was about was very targeted towards Cena. Mm. So, oh, maybe that's Cena's WrestleMania match. It's going to be against Dolph. You want you want high profile? It's um, you want bigger than the Undertaker, Dolph Ziggler, mate. Who isn't facing Cena? Maybe this is what it's all building up to. Cena doesn't have any matches, and then he has every single match imaginable. He has his own gauntlet match. Yes, he, for the whole of WrestleMania. He was sat there talking to Vince. He was like, hey, that Seth kid uh, sort of outshone everyone on Monday a couple of weeks ago. I think I should do that at WrestleMania. Put me over that Yeah, way. let's put me over. Uh, Bobby Roode next with a promo, which Randy Orton interrupted and said, you know, the US title is the only one that's eluded me in my career. I'm going to go through you to get it. Yeah, this was a um, um, Alan Partridge shrug moment. Mm. Yeah. Happy Rude sucks. Yep, certainly does. I'm I'm not engaged with him at all. And this is why my notes confuse me, because then we had Mm. Aiden English versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, So it turns out Rusev Day are still heels. Yeah. They were so over. Those Rusev Day chants at the beginning were deafening. And Rusev smiling... (laughs) I love the guy. He's so great. And then, like, when they showed the backstage thing, it was like earlier today, Shane McMahon spoke with Mm. Aiden English. Like, as soon as they appeared on screen, the crowd went, like, they went nuts because that meant that Rusev was probably going to be on the show, or Rusev, because I think it's not just Rusev, it's the act together that I'd like to think is over. It is very much Rusev, but I'd like to think that both of them are are just as popular. And then they came out and they sang this song about how their town smells. And I'm like, oh, are they, they're still heels. This is very misguided. Mm. Of all the acts to just... Let's just turn them babyface. We don't have to do a babyface angle. They're already babyfaces. But they just, they're not. They're heels still. Yeah, you do, you, it's easy to keep the sentiment but not have them trash the hometown. Just sing a song about Nakamura. Yeah. Uh, then that gets around it. Have you heard the quote from Stephanie McMahon's appearance on the Lillian Garcia podcast. I have not, no. She said the great thing, one of the best things about her father, Vince McMahon, is that he knows what the audience wants. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, she's not wrong. Mostly. (laughs) 
this was a, an okay match. Yeah, this, this I, was. A, I quite enjoyed it. I really like Aiden English. Love Shinsuke Nakamura. And I've missed him. I've missed him. Yeah, yeah, I really have missed him actually. But that's kind of that's the brilliant thing of not putting him on TV every week is you do miss him mm. wrestling, and that, so I think that's actually a positive. And it seems to be setting up. I, I feel like this match was used to set up uh, Nakamura versus Rusev at Fastlane because neither man have anything going on. So. It's a good little program to tie over um, Nakamura before WrestleMania. However, I would argue, should have done that weeks ago, mate. So we actually could have built a feud around this. Mm. Well, this is this is the interesting bit because I thought after Cena's promo on Monday Night Raw that he was going to go over to SmackDown and somehow have a match with Nakamura at Fastlane. Mm. You know, yeah. like I want the. Ma- I don't know how Nakamura would put up his title shot. Because he wants to face John Cena. Mm, yeah, but I hate it when baby faces do that. Oh, yeah. Unless yeah. they're forced to do it by a heel authority. Well, maybe that's the way. But then you need a heel to put it up against. So. They have the golden and Shane McMahon. Yeah. The biggest I, heel in the company. I don't know. Uh, so when Nakamura walks out of, of the match after winning, John Cena comes down for the main event and they have a ship's passing in the night moment mm. and they both point at the sign. And I was like, well, you know, that's okay. We're... Cena's going to lose the main event and he has a match with Nakamura at Fastlane. Mm-hmm. And then after he loses that and then they set up the Undertaker match the the first show after Fastlane. Yeah. That's how where I thought it was going. But no, AJ Styles uh, sorry, John Cena won. AJ no, oh, done it again. John Cena beat AJ Styles clean oh. as a sheet in the middle of the ring. Yeah, but I yeah, I thought it was okay. We, what did you take against well, that? I, I didn't take against it, absolutely not. And it really didn't bother me until someone tweeted me just before we came in to record of something that I hadn't actually thought about, which is that in storyline, there is John Cena is so rubbish that he couldn't get any match at Raw because he kept losing every opportunity that he was given because everyone was better than him. So mm. he went over to SmackDown and beat their champion and is now in the main event of their next pay-per-view. I, you see, yeah. Which, which, which is certainly one way to look at it. I didn't read it like that when I was watching the show. I didn't read it like that when I was writing my review. It was only until you see that other perspective, you're like, ah, oh, actually, that's mm. that, that's actually quite a fair shout of looking at it. It might not be the way that I look at it, but it's certainly a fair shout. Yeah, so I look at it as, although I agree that is a fair way, um, of Cena getting so obsessed with his WrestleMania match that he kind of self-sabotages and... In trying to, because the reason he he uh, lost the Seth Rollins match in my eyes is because he was so methodical and slow at the start, because he was obsessed with last going the gauntlet and lasting the distance. Uh, but here, I felt Cena has now changed his wrestling style to fit with that mania obsession. Like he he was working kind of heel almost at times, being really methodical, less showboating, although. I wrote less showboating, and then he literally did a five knuckle shuffle with a big grin. And I was, well, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, delete that note. <laughs> uh, but then uh, they they had a really good match, I thought. But where it where it's okay for me is there was a spot. I think so. Cena hit the AA, and he did the roll through to hit a second AA. But AJ got out the ring. Mm-hmm. Cena runs out the ring and goes to tackle AJ. AJ moves. Cena runs straight into the steel steps. And AJ could win by try and win by count out here. But he stops he stops it and says, No ref, wanna beat him fair and square in the middle of the ring. Cena then puts AJ through the table with an the commentator's table with an AA. Cena is content with winning by count out. I loved that. Moment. That was great. So like 
AJ just been put through a table and then he gets back in and then after a few bits he loses. So that that's why I think AJ's protected there mm-hmm. because Cena kind of, you know, took the shortcut route. Yeah. I really I really liked it. I think it's very good subtle storytelling, but I could all, I can see why people wouldn't like it also yeah no I, I i agree and i loved that moment of him like of aj stopping the count because the commentator mm. said and i think it was Corey graves said like aj could take the count out and win here yeah. and then as soon as he said that aj like saw the referee stop counting i want to win this in the middle of the ring goes and gets put at the table cena instantly gets back into the ring is like start counting oh, it was such a mm. great moment for cena and then he was just sat there trying to catch his breath trying to recover and then when he see i AJ got back in at nine. The look on Cena's face was just like, oh, I Even thought like, I thought that would work. Yeah, he like yelled out, "Oh, come on!" Like yeah. that, like frustrated. Well, what a great. brilliant moment when AJ was through the table and he used a fan's hand to get himself oh, back up. Oh, brilliant! So good. Really like that. Yeah, that fan could have been a real knob and let go. <laughs> yeah, push him down. Uh, <laughs> so turn. Cena reversed a calf crusher into the AA great for reversal. a win. Yep, really inventive. And then the heels, everyone was kept coming backstage, the people watching the match at various ridiculous angles, Only apart ba- from Baron. Baron knows how to watch a TV. Yeah. yeah. Which made me think, why don't you just show people watching stuff backstage in a replay? Because, you know, like when mm-hmm. they shrink down the screens and you've got a dual screen. Because the reason for having them watch at such an obtuse angle is so you can see so the audience can see the screen as well yeah so we as an audience can see that they're watching the match because WWE are worried that we're complete morons that they might be watching Mm. another channel they might have just loaded up netflix to watch stranger things or just so the audience can keep up with the action oh right i never really thought of that way i thought i always thought of it. i thought they were just doing it because i'm never watching the screen i'm watching the people watch the screen (laughs) so but you can get the same thing with a, a dual screen replay graphic. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, but they're not that's here to my make, quick fix. They're not here to make wrestling shows, Ollie. They're here to make movies. <sighs> and that's how people watch movies and TV. So, yeah, uh, the heels ran out, so, which is Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin, because heels, uh, and they beat up Cena and AJ until Dolph Ziggler ran out and fought them off. And the baby face is celebrated when apparently someone says 20 seconds oh, really? to Dolph. And Dolph hastily attacks AJ. And <laughs> Cena quickly AA's uh, I was going to say, because I think there was an extra, like, I think he laid out AJ as well, Cena. Yeah. Because on the, I was going through the www.com photos for the review and I found the picture of AJ um, giving the AA to Dolph. And I was like, there's one more image here. Mm. I went back and it was Cena hitting a big move on AJ. And I was like, did he, did I, they must have run short on time. Yeah, which is weird for SmackDown because usually it finishes and then there's four, four minutes of Randy Orton posing in the ring. <laughs> yeah. uh, so an okay episode of SmackDown, but in compared to how it's been this year. A freaking incredible episode <laughs> of SmackDown with a really good tag promo segment. I love the main event. Yeah. Thought it was really good. I like having Nakamura back. Yeah, same here. First half of the show wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, overall, who who do you think won? It's tough because, like, as I said, like Raw was a tale of two halves in most of the segments. But I love that Roman bit, mm-hmm. and I, I really like Ronda on the show. And Seth I, and Seth was awesome. Yeah, that Seth Miz match mm-hmm. was really great, mm-hmm. and. Despite the fact that there was issues with it, I liked the bit when Bailey jumped off the apron. I wish it had actually played into something, but I liked it. 
But I think I'm going to go SmackDown this week. No way. I think so. Are you going Raw? I'm going Raw. I'm so hard on... (laughs) (laughs) On Monday Night Rollins. I can see. Damn it. (laughs) That's it now. Going to Google these pictures after this. (laughs) No one... A very small percentage of this audience makes it through to this point. Uh, But that's all the comments now are going to be everyone linking to you saying, so hard for Rollins right now. so hard for... (laughs) (laughs) do you know how i can tell that you and i have spent the last couple of days not in the same office space because the podcast intro and outros are longer (laughs) because this is when we actually get a chance to talk well that's one point because um because there have been other people in the studio Ollie's not been able to sit in the, the main studio area with mm. me, podcast listeners. He's had to go into the cupboard that I was in a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Um, so we haven't had this chat. But I knew on Tuesday, I said to my, my wife, I was like, that makes so much sense as to why I know Ollie's not been uh, in the same room as me. You didn't tell me that MasterChef was back on TV. I don't watch MasterChef. Uh, well, you should do, because I... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did watch MasterChef. No, I love uh, I know you like the Great, Great British, British Bake Off. Off. And which you... is coming back with celebrities next week. Is it really? Yeah, Well, see, there you go. You probably told me that on Monday. Mm. But I, I <clears throat> could have sworn that like this time last year, you and I were having major discussions about mm, MasterChef. No, no, sincerely doubt it, because the Greg chap... Maybe um, that's what I'm getting confused with. Really had, does my head. He's had multiple chats. Oh, my God, look at this. <laughs> look at this. Can I touch it? I want to play with it. Oh, I could do this. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing. Blah, 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 blah. He's great, though. That has got banging amounts of flavour. Love it. Yeah. I, what you've uh, given us here is you've given us big bit of fennel. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is quite... Uh, quite a comedic presence but I can't stand him for longer than like a 30 second dose well I didn't hate the guy but I just you know for me 30 seconds is enough and I'm then happy to throw my TV out the window so the podcast that my favourite description of him is he's like he's, everything just amazes him and especially because mm. he does all those shows he's a kid yeah he gets, does those shows where like they walk him around factories and stuff he's like are you telling me this makes a thousand sugar puffs a second yeah He's a kid on a school trip on those things. Oh, it's am- it's so good. And then you got you couple that with John Tarode, very super serious John Tarode, and he's like, "This has got bags of flavour. Love oh. the bears all coming through." And then John Tarode goes, "What you gonna hear? There's some carrots and some mints." I'm not that impressed. Chalk and cheese. It's very good. I love it so much. And it's back, and it's on three times a week. Oh, that's a lot. And it's, and it's on again tonight, and my wife and I are very excited. Yeah, because well, so it's Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, because mm. we were we just finished watching... Um, an hour an episode. Yes, they are, yeah. We just finished watching through um, Big Little Lies, so we were looking for something to manage to get ourselves hooked back on. Mm. And we are evenings... Because, you know, we're married now, so we can't talk anymore. So we were going through old episodes that we hadn't watched of Naked Attraction and First Dates. Oh, Christ alive. You don't watch that? I do, but only because I have to, because my lady partner watches it, and it's in the corner. And I'm, <laughs> it's, I, I find it very hard to, you know... I bet you do. ...to, to have stuff on. <laughs> God, this is off the back of the Rollins chat. <laughs> Uh, to just have stuff on in the background because my mind's quite it gets tunnel vision it can only do one thing at a time mm. and I would prefer after maybe 8.30pm to just sit in the corner and read Yeah. but Anna wants to have the TV on 
in the background <laughs> in the background which means i have to watch whatever crap is on yeah and it is so crap the naked attraction that I mean, is this a format that's travelled to America? I don't think it has yet. So for anyone who doesn't, I mean... the, the feels very European. It's so European. It's, it's very Bravo in the late 90s. A um, bit Euro trash. Mm. So essentially, it is a dating show in which the, a, a person is put in front of six pods and those pods have got, like, coloured glass in front of them. And then behind that coloured glass is a very naked person. 100% as the day they were born, naked in front of them. Mm-hmm. So if a, a woman is uh, doing it, she might have a man or a woman, depending on her sexuality, and vice versa. It might be a man looking at six ladies or six fellas. And, um, or, actually, sometimes a mixture of both, depending on where, you know, where their cards lay. And then the pods reveal parts of their body round by round, and they have to whittle down those uh those people based on naked attraction alone quite a vain little show but me and my wife absolutely love it it's so it's the worst tv Mm. but it's thoroughly entertaining why do you love it oh because like we just have very in-depth chats about the people on screen about their body yeah that when you like pick apart people's bodies but doesn't that make you feel horrible well next we're just picking apart someone's body but we never do it maliciously we're actually always very like positive. Scientifically, we're always very positive about people, and we just talk about things very. It's it's just a, it's a great it's fun for us to watch. Although we don't have curtains in our house, and I'm pretty sure people from the street mm. can see our TV. Probably makes us look like weirdos. Not a good thing to watch on the tube either. No, well, I mean, I I started watching that dark show on Netflix because I was looking for something to watch on the tube, and um, uh, so I downloaded the first episode of Dark first 30 seconds was just a lot of humping and i was like probably humping i probably shouldn't be watching this on the tube probably because you know, then you're like where do you where do you guide it to like, mm. there's nowhere for you to really just turn the brightness down <laughs> so yeah. the show's called dark it's already quite dark <laughs> well uh, i'm as riveting as what we're watching on tv at the moment just finished girls uh, my uh, wife is watching through it because she loved it, but she um, mm. missed it. So she's, she's only in like season three or something. It's a superb show. I, I thought it was pretty pants. It is. It is superb, and it gave us Adam Driver. It did give so us Adam Driver. Uh, so, painful. have you got access to Now TV then? Yes, I do. Uh, have you watched Little uh, Big Little Lies? No, I don't think I will be either. Why not? Because there's a hundred other things that I, are no, it's, on it's, my... only, it's seven episodes. Yeah. I see that already gets me a bit tired thinking about it. <laughs> I want to go home. I want to just go home and I want to watch all the president's men. Yeah. In, on repeat. That's how I feel at the moment after the post. Screw you, Nixon. It ends. Is it, oh, should I say? I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> oh, <but it's, laughs> this movie on. that's just come out, by the way, here's no, how no, it no, ends. No, no, no. But, but, you know, like, is isn't about the Watergate scandal, but it's about the scandal that happened before Watergate. So at, at the end, there is a line like, you know, like, man, I, I hope nothing else happens. <laughs> and then they like, they, and we're all like, huh, Watergate got that mm. bit ham fisted. But they totally ham some more fit. They fist a big <laughs> joint of ham by then showing Nixon just doing bit and then like play out the Watergate thing wow. in the last couple of minutes. I was like, this is a post credit sequence. <laughs> Why can't prestige Oscar dramas now have post credits? I saw a tweet uh, from someone who said, well, I went to go see Black Panther, mm-hmm. the lights went down, and then they came back up and more film played. And then they went back down again, and more film played. Is this a common occurrence? Wow. And everyone was just like, it was like, mate, welcome to 10 years ago. But then someone said, it was like, 
when you see it from someone's perspective for the first time, it is mad that mm. Disney, that Marvel don't just put their film in the actual film. It's it's so much cooler done this way, isn't it? Just uh, I I like it when seeing a Marvel movie and everyone gets up. not everyone but like half the audience will always get up and leave. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wait around, losers, and <laughs> noobs. I wonder as well, because those people have probably seen other Marvel movies and might have even seen them on Blu-ray. Have they consciously seen Marvel movies, though? Have, do, they, do they actually know it's all connected and that there's well, a, no, an no, overlying no, what, format? That's not what I'm saying. What mm. I'm saying is that they have seen other Marvel movies. So, like, people who've been to see Black Panther might have seen Civil War as well, but haven't stuck around for any of the post-credit wow. sequence. So do they know there's this big overarching thing and there's post-credit sequences also if you've seen a handful of marvel movies you like by accident you'd probably say well i think that happened in one of those other films that i saw with a different title and they've referenced that that was from that other film that i've seen i think you're some people and i've met them and i'm related to them (laughs) don't don't take it in it's your dad it's my dad he just doesn't (laughs) take it in he just does like you could show him you know Captain America one night and then the next night you could play him Captain America Civil War and at the end of it you'll be like so how do you think like the two connected he'll be oh are they, are they connected is it really uh, didn't, didn't really get that oh right is, is it, it a d- sequel well it's kind of so, yeah. yeah well I, they are sequels or, or, or like if I showed him the Avengers it just won't won't go in no it won't well, go in and because he doesn't care and yeah. it's just not his thing which is fair enough. Yeah. He's wrong. But. <laughs> okay, let's do some uh, podcast reviews before we get out of here. First up, oh, we're in January now. Oh, lovely. Shidalak26 writes, oh, the I most mean, yeah. over-podcast in wrestling. Oh, excuse me. What started as a casual watch on YouTube, YouTube. has turned into... One, oh my god, I've got hiccups. Got me to One do of it? my favourite forms of entertainment. It's got it. Oni and Luke just get it. I look forward to the new podcasts every week and have become a Patreon backer Hooray! simply because these guys deserve my money for all the laughs and insight they have provided me over the last year. I am pumped to be a member of hashtag Swaft Nation. Well, did I spell that right? Some emojis. No, he's written Soft, soft Nation. No, he hasn't. He's written Swaff Nation. No, that's... SW... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Bit dyslexic there. Keep up the good... Great work, lads. Thank you very much, Shadalak. Thank you, Shadalak. And John... Shadalak. John and 96 Kisses writes, (laughs) shout out from Texas. Ollie and Luke are some of the most enjoyable pod people to listen to, with mostly wrestling-based conversation, but even their rambling is incredibly enjoyable. Good. Um... Probably apart from the last ten minutes of hey, that was TV great watch. chat. The podcast or their YouTube page is my most obsessively checked entertainment on my phone. They feel like two honest friends just shooting the s word, and this makes them far superior to all of the other wrestling review slash news groups. Haven't been able to afford Patreon yet, but I will eventually. If I could get a shout out of my Twitter, I would love some conversation from other fans about my take on things. So go on. And uh, talk to at abcrazy9. Keep up the great work, guys. Proud Swaft Nation member. And we love you for it, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. Well, that's all we've got time for today. We'll be back on Saturday with uh, some mailbag fun and some news bits. See you then. Love you. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.